Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. There's a proposal now pending before Bi-State Development. That's the agency that runs public transit in the greater St. Louis area. But no, the proposal we're talking about does not involve the loop trolley. Instead, at this month's meeting of the Bi-State Development Board, a totally different project's future may rest on the agency. That project involves two shipping container grocery stores located along Metrolink in North St. Louis County. Jeremy Goss opened those stores. He was then studying to be a physician at the St. Louis University School of Medicine. He formed a nonprofit called Linkmark. Market, got a grant from the Missouri Foundation for Health, and launched a pilot program with Bi-State. The idea? To provide fresh food to neighborhoods forced to rely all too often on convenience stores and quickie marts. Our intern Joshua Phelps spoke with Serena Budget Teague yesterday, and she happened to be at the Wellston Station Link Market making a food delivery. She's part of Link Market and explained the vision. We're a nonprofit uh, grocery store and we cater to food desert areas. We saw it as an opportunity to make fresh fruits and vegetables accessible to the public. You have people on the trains, and instead of getting off the train and boarding a bus or another train, they can stop right here at the link market and grab the essentials that they need. But Bi-State got a new CEO, Talby Roach, and he came to the conclusion that the markets weren't sustainable. Last summer, Tony Messenger of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported that Bi-State was preparing to shut the markets down. That was last summer, and things have changed. In fact, the markets could be headed for a reprieve. And joining me today to talk about it is Andrew Nguyen of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He broke the news last week about a new proposal before Bi-State. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We're also joined by phone by Dr. Jeremy Goss. He's now a resident at Yale School of Medicine, but he's still running Link Market, too. Dr. Goss, welcome to the show. Thank you. Andrew, Bi-State has a board meeting on February 21st. What are they going to be considering? Basically, uh, what they're going to be deliberating or approving is potentially the donation of the link markets, which they currently own, um, to the the nonprofit organization uh, link market. So these two shipping containers um, would then be in the hands of the link market if approved. And there's there's obviously a lot of ifs and a lot of details to go over before then. So, Dr. Goss, uh, would this be a way basically to spin off the markets and let them go on their own without Bi-State being sort of a part owner in this venture? Also, to clarify a few things, Bi-State received the grant from the Missouri Foundation for Health and and with those dollars then went on to purchase the shipping containers. uh, And then they subcontracted with us for us to to actually do the hard work of selling healthy, affordable food to, to all the folks who, who use the, the Metrolink stations. So it's true, they, they own the shipping containers, and, and we've been working in close partnership with them. Um, I, I, I think the vote that happens this month isn't necessarily a severing of the partnership, whether they decide to give the markets to us or not. Um, obviously, it's, it's our hope that uh, they'll uh, make the decision to, to give them to us. It gives us control of, of the destiny of those, those markets and would allow us then to, to relocate the Wellston market, which currently is underperforming, uh, and, and put it into a community at one of their train stations where it could be a, a better service to more folks. And what location are you looking at to relocate that, that Wellston um, shipping container to? It would be ideal for it to be in the heart of the city, specifically at the Grand Metrolink Station. Uh, it's one of their biggest uh, Metrolink stations in terms of ridership. It's in the heart of the food desert community, and it's it's a neighborhood that we all know uh, all too well. 
uh, being in, in Midtown. Okay. Uh, it's not super far from St. Louis University. I got my start. Okay. Now, for those of you listening out there, we're wondering if you visited the link markets and, and what you thought of them. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So, Andrew, you've been covering this for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Any sense of how Bi-State's board feels about this next step? Well, when we were at the last meeting, obviously a lot of people were there for the link trolley. But those who were there uh, to learn more about the link market, um, basically, it was it was pretty unanimous. uh, Yes, on on behalf of the people who were sitting around uh, the table. So, um, you know, in conversation with uh, Dr. Goss, uh, you know, he says he's been pretty optimistic about uh, them potentially approving the donation, which in, in turn would give Link Market control of their own destiny. So yesterday we spoke with Bi-State's Vice President for Economic Development, that's John Langa, and he expressed confidence in the project. Here's what he told us. It is a pilot project, but it's also a meaningful project. And uh, like anything else, as it gets up and running, um, you know, it, it, it gets better and better over time, and we think it has. So, um, you know, it's uh, long term, uh, you know, it'll it'll probably have two or three changes over time here coming up also. But, you know, it's, uh, again, a, a very good pilot project. That's Bi-State Vice President John Langa. Now, Dr. Goss, you'd previously expressed some annoyance with Bi-State. I got the sense earlier when Tony Messenger was reporting on this that you seemed to feel like the new CEO had had hung the water, had sort of hung the project out to dry. Is that all water under the bridge now? Uh, I I think uh, what I expressed with with Mr. Messenger was was frustration. Uh, And it's, it's not a personal frustration, but it's a professional one. So you have to consider that my role here is to passionately advocate for everyone in this community. And uh, I, I think Metro's determination that the work wasn't sustainable, and uh, despite the fact that we were many months beyond the grant period uh, and that this project cost Metro nothing to operate, um, I, I, yes, I, t- I took issue with with, uh, with their determination that we weren't sustainable. We are, to the point that, uh, you know, if you read the Post-Dispatch, we, we just announced that we're going to be expanding. Uh, and developing our own brick-and-mortar grocery store, the first in the nation to partner with public housing to to open a grocery store directly where they're needed uh, in in government-subsidized housing complexes. So, yes, as a part of our initial conversations as it related to wanting to to close the the markets uh, on their platforms, and I I took issue, and I continue to take issue, but I think it's all a part of an open negotiation uh, discussion, and there have been several. Uh, and now it's come down to a vote as to whether they're going to give us the markets and then give us, therefore, the ability to continue to, to run in the way that we see fit. Uh, now, Bi-State had previously suggested that the financial footing was shaky. You're saying that's not the case. I'm wondering, is this project breaking even at this point, or is, is that not essential since, as you say, there's this grant that was funding it? The grant uh, for for uh, initial capital expenses, so it, it paid for the cost of the markets. It gave us the ability to take on staff, but uh, it was a pilot grant, and so it was never intended to be a source of long term funding. And and even though we're a nonprofit organization, we do still bring in revenue from the sales of the food, uh, and and also um, from from partners like the St. Louis City Health Department, a contract that we just secured uh, earlier this this month. 
Um, and so we are concerned with our bottom line. We always are. But uh, as a part of the reporting that I provided to, to Buy State, it would have been a little bit over a year ago now, um, the financial reporting, but uh, the, the qualitative reporting about how well things were working, my, my bright line suggestion was to pick up the Wellston market, which was drastically underperforming when compared to the North Hanley market, and move it into a community uh, where there was a greater population, but still a significant need. And you're now making plans to do that. So, um, Andrew, what's your perspective on this? I mean, um, as part of our reporting at the Post-Dispatch, you know, um, we, we learned that uh, Bi-State had basically done an analysis of the, the tax records and financial documents uh, from um, the link market. And they had found that in uh, the link market's first operating year, which is 2018, the project had a loss about $18,000. But Goss has also said um, there are a multitude of factors that have kind of contributed to this part of one. Uh, one, you know, lack of bus lines that go um, to that particular station and also um, a nearby housing project, which recently closed that the market uh, served as well. So, mm. so those are some factors that may have made the Wellston one less sustainable than, than mm-hmm. they'd hoped. Okay. Well, yesterday, our production intern, Joshua Phelps, talked to people at Metrolink stops that have link markets. And he also stopped by a different transit-connected store that's called Neighbor Market that's near the Emerson Park Metrolink station in Metro East. And a quick note on our audio here. It was rainy out, and that explains the gentle tip-tapping near the end of this audio. So Joshua spoke with a number of transit riders, and he started by asking them if they'd heard of the Link local market. Uh, I've seen it before, but I've never... I've never used it before. Yeah, I have. Um, but most of the time when I come over here, it's closed in the morning times and then in the e- I think uh, in the evenings too. So, yeah, I don't really get much use out of it. This is the first I'm even seeing it because I'm just not starting at this job. And this is the first I ever see, I ever see it, you know. I have. I see it every day. Uh, I think it's a good idea. Maybe not the best spot for it, but it's a good idea. How long uh, have you been going there for? Since it opened. Since it opened? Yes, sir. What's your favorite part about the store? Uh, favorite part about the store is the, the friendliness, the availability, and the closeness to the neighborhood. And if they're here trying to do something for the neighborhood, they're bringing us in, they're letting us come in. You don't have to walk or go a mile or two to get to a grocery store. Anytime people are here are uh, mostly are elderly in the building, and they need to be able to come somewhere close need something right away, able to get it and come back. Prices are pretty reasonable and the food is pretty good. And those were local transit riders Dalton Fox, Shay Davis, Mateo Thomas Ezekiel Perez, Harold Strong, and Lonnie Mumford. They were talking with our intern Joshua Phelps. Um, Jeremy, one of the things that they mentioned is the limited hours. I know you've been running um, basically 9 to 5 just uh, on weekdays. Have you gotten feedback from customers about those hours, and is there maybe a sense uh, of moving them in either direction? Yeah, actually, the the current hours are based on customer feedback. So when we started out, we've been uh, Thursday through Sunday, 11 to 7, and that was consistent with ridership data that was shared with us by Bystate to try to target the, the peak times of operation at either of those uh, Metrolink stations. But uh, what we were finding is that folks uh, weren't coming shopping with us during those times because they were peak transit uh, time, so they were, they were moving during those times. Mm-hmm. Instead, based on their feedback, uh, we actually did our hours and are now open Monday through Friday to 5. Okay. Uh, and then, so 
yeah, so, so we, we uh, reflexively responded to, to their feedback. And then with respect to the Wilson market, uh, if, if you're there during the week, you'll find that the doors are more often than they're open. And the reason is because we recognized early on, back in 2018, uh, that the market just wasn't uh, being supported enough by the community because there just isn't a population there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so instead, we've been using that market as a distribution hub uh, in partnership with the New Northstead Association and, and so many other uh, organizations throughout the city. We've actually been using that market to do grocery delivery for free to, to seniors throughout the St. Louis region. Okay. About that North Hanley market, which I understand has been the more successful one, I did have one question about it. Um, it's just one block away from Thies Farms, and that's a big produce market. It's connected to a 10-acre farm, and they're open seven days a week. Um, if you're trying to address the food desert issue, uh, why that particular placement? It seems like that's one area that does actually have access to fresh produce. Well, uh, I should remind you all that uh, when we subcontract with Bi-State in order to fulfill their obligations to the Missouri Foundation for Health, uh, well after Bi-State had decided on the locations of the markets, mm-hmm. essentially at the point at which uh, we were awarded the, the contract, it was already determined by Bi-State exactly where they were going to go uh, and uh, what the shipping containers were going to look like, and um, we just had to be with with those decisions. Okay. So, and that uh, so that ended up leading to that that Wellston choice as well, which sounds like you're you're now moving away from. Exactly. So again, uh, it, uh, it wasn't our decision to place them either at North Hanley or at Wellston. But uh, in understanding their rationale, at least North Hanley, that there are twelve bus lines that feed the North Hanley Metrolink station and it's one of their better traffic, but not their best traffic. Metrolink station. The sort of the opposite is true, unfortunately, for for Wellston. There's only one bus, the 94, I think, uh, that that uh, shuttles folks to the, the the Wellston market, and so. It's a sort of tale of two Metrolink stations. Okay. We're talking to Dr. Jeremy Goss. He's a resident at Yale School of Medicine, um, but he's also running the nonprofit Link Market, which provides uh, fresh produce in shipping containers at Metro stations. And we're also talking to Andrew Nguyen of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, who has been on top of this issue. We did hear from one of our listeners on Twitter with the handle Pegasus Void, who writes, if the Metrolink ran north and south and was better connected and had more routes in general... I would be into this. It's it's interesting that maybe the fact that we don't have as many metro riders as other cities maybe leads to further complications for this this business model. Um, Andrew, yeah, um, it was really interesting uh, as part of my reporting. You know, just talking with uh, Hazel Hazel Irby, um, who uh, Goss basically uh, credits as one of the most you know vocal supporters of the project. Uh, she has said that. Um, she has been receiving calls from people in the community asking for projects very similar to the link market or a link market of their own uh, in their own, you know, in their community. But, you know, as she says in the story, you know, unfortunately, we only have two, but two is better than none. Now, Andrew, you've reported on the fact that we've seen nearly a dozen traditional grocery stores close in the St. Louis area. How big a problem are food deserts in places like North County and, and maybe parts of, of North City at this point? I mean, um, the the departure of several uh, shop and saves from North County essentially creates a huge food desert where there are increasingly more and more barriers for people to get access to, you know, good, local, healthy 
uh, food that's affordable to them. And Hazel Irby, who you mentioned, um, she's a St. Louis County administrator. She's a former council member. Beyond doing what she can do to try to support this project, um, do you know, is, is she working on anything else that the county is doing to, to hope to try to address this? Well, I mean, early on, you know, there were a whole uh, slew of people uh, who are kind of advocating on behalf of this project. Um, and their hope was, you know, their voices and their backings in a lot of these meetings, which have then brought us to this point, will essentially uh, save the project and allow it to continue in, in a way that's uh, amenable to to Goss and the link market. Now, we talked to Bi-State Development's John Langa, and we asked if he could give a sense of what's to come with that February 21st board decision looming. Let's listen to how he described the next steps here. The next steps, if it moves forward from that point, we would go towards wrapping up a license agreement uh, with the link market uh, in conjunction with the donation agreement of the kiosks to the link market. And uh, hopefully, in that the, uh, the current extension takes it out through the end of June of 2020, that's, that's enough time for a reasonable transition for, for us and for them, you know, so that it works for everybody. And that was John Langa of Bi-State. Dr. Goss, do you see that timeline that he's outlining? Uh, does that fit with what you're hoping for here? Absolutely. And we uh, agreed on that timeline after many conversations and negotiations. Okay. And you're also getting ready to open that uh, first brick and mortar um, that you had mentioned earlier in our conversation. What is the timing on that? Uh, so the challenge with opening anything, including these shipping containers, is that everyone wants to pin uh, a, a date, but the, the challenge is things go over time or over budget, if not both. And so uh, <laughs> I think with the, the, the link market, the current shipping containers, uh, we had four different start dates. And, and so I don't want to promise folks in the community it's going to be open uh, at the beginning of April and, and not be able to fulfill that promise. But it's at least what we're working towards. Okay. Well, Dr. Jeremy Goss of Link Market, thank you so much for making the time to talk with us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for telling the story. And uh, Andrew Newen of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, thank you so much for um, sharing your knowledge on this. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.